Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to TV Black Box. It's a special edition of TV Black Box as we look at the end of the ratings year. Hamish Turner from Channel 9, he's the head of programming there, is on the line. G'day, Hamish. G'day, Rob. How are you? I'm all right. Here come the claims. Oh, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> always plenty of claims. Uh, I, I do feel for you guys a little bit in terms of sifting through the facts from fiction. So uh, hopefully you've spent a bit of time pouring your eye over the numbers and the claims and can uh, can pull out the ones that you really want to hold on to. <laughs> well, I'll get you to go through yours first because I do have some questions about the claims and counterclaims. So oh. you guys, uh, the Nine Network says it is number one with all key demographics, 25 to 54, 16 to 39, GS and child across the calendar year, and you are the number no- number one network in the calendar year. Is that correct? That is correct. So I think the best way to to encapsulate this is we are number one in everything except for total people survey, yeah. Okay. And when we're talking about the figures, are we talking about the five-cap cities or the or the national figure? No, the certified Oztam five-cap cities, Thank which you. is what we have and always have uh, okay. um, reported on. Yeah, and look, the reason I obviously ask that is you will know that today Seven came out with a release saying it's number one in the 2022 survey year and calendar year. Obviously, those figures were based on national figures, and and I want to get to the the good points well, about building you know, a patchwork quilt, effectively <laughs> there, Rob. So, you know, we can all pull numbers from a variety of different sources, but it's not the certified uh, way we do it. Um, and uh, I think I was saying that's some very clear. Guidelines. I mean, the other thing obviously worth noting is that as part of those threshold numbers, whether it be regional or uh, metro, you obviously have a big big proportion of people who are watching on our BVOD platforms. And obviously we have finished the year with a 49 share total people and kind of heading into the 50s when you look at the demos. So obviously a, a really strong result there. Look, and it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I always sometimes feel a bit old-fashioned because I do focus on the five-cap city and we're hearing the narrative of national figure. Next year we will get um, uh, a total TV figure overnight with um, BVOD included and catch-up. You know, so... Balls. Yeah, thank you. So tell (laughs) me, what is the figure, when I look in the morning, what is the figure I should be looking at as to how the networks performed the night before? 
Well, if you're looking at nine, you know, we've, we've got a very clear strategy around 2554s. So our focus is on delivering that audience in mass, whether it be via terrestrial or via digital, so via uh, TVs that are connected to an antenna or via TVs that are connected to the internet. Um, and we measure ourselves on obviously creating the best Australian content that engages that audience. You know, that, that is probably what our scorecard says. Um, and I think it's fair to say that our, our peers have also gone out and um, and said that that is, you know, they're after that demographic because obviously the commercial realities that sit around that. Um, you know, it does feel a little bit disingenuous and, you know, just personally talking when we start talking about total people and number ones because ultimately the world has changed and people are watching our content in different ways. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, the, the way that we report on that should be reflective of that and the nuance that, that, that lies within there. I also think that, you know, when we talk survey years, you know, really, do we, do we just judge ourselves on survey? I mean, for me, it's a, it's a year-round job. You know, our audience is there and wanting to be entertained or informed for 52 weeks of the year, and, and we very much measure ourselves on how we deliver um, all year round. And as you know, you know, we continue launching shows deep into December. So um, I think for us, um, we, we think of ourselves as calendar and 2054. That, that's our measurement. Well, look, even Seven has had to admit, even by their national figures, that you have one in the 25 to 54s, and that is your demo, as you say. So it's also their demo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my point being that if you cut away, cut away all the spin, and no matter which way you look at it, nine has one 25 to 54. Yeah, I think for us, you know, really it comes back to the content and the brands. And so I think what we're really proud of is, you know, those shows like Married at First Sight that really capture the imagination of the nation. The block, obviously, this year. You know, our, our schedule is kind of bookended by those two brands and they've had exceptional years. Uh, and it's also about delivering that consistency across the year. And I think, you know, when we look back at this year, we've also been able to achieve that. Um, but also bringing in new brands to the market. And I think we're always pressuring ourselves and testing ourselves to ensure that, you know, that creativity and those ideas and trying to really engage Australians and our audience uh, continues. Mary? So, again, go back to the scorecard. It's like, have you done that? Mm. Have, you, have you tried new things? You know, have you tried to engage, entertain and inform our audience? And I think yes on all fronts. Well, you certainly have. And uh, speaking of Married at First Sight, Obviously, next year it's going to be it's going to go up against one of the biggest competitors it's had in years. Is the network confident up against Australian Idol? Yeah, well, I've seen I've seen uh, the first few episodes, and it's a brilliant season. We've got an amazing amazing cast, um, and I don't think those people who love love who love Married at First Sight will be disappointed. <laughs> um, it's it is it's a beautifully made show by Animal Shine. Beautifully cast, um, and the format just continues to deliver in terms of the content, and it will again get the nation talking. So, um, yes, I'm very confident in our product, um, and uh, yeah, look forward to everybody seeing it again uh, in January. When you look at your slate this year, I think for me, one of the disappointments for me was um, My Mum, Your Dad, which is a show I really, really like. Um, why do you think it hasn't hit the way I thought it would, actually? I, I love the concept of it. I love everything about it, the way it's handled, and yet it just doesn't seem to have resonated. Is there a problem with dating shows at the moment? 
No, I think, I mean, I think it's how do you view the performance of that show? I mean, sure. the way I'm looking at it is that it's delivered a really strong cross-platform audience. It's done over 150,000 average audience on, on Nine now, and that's growing. Um, I think the sentiment towards the show has been very strong. And so I think, you know, um, I think that we, we, we like the brand, we like the show, um, and we're thinking about ways in which we can bring that back next year. So, um, yeah, I, I look, I think... It's fair to say the overnight numbers, we probably would have looked for another 100,000, but in terms of its its BVOD performance, I think it's done a, a very strong number. Um, and as I said, great sentiment. So, yeah, I, I, I'm um, pretty happy. Look, we get to this time of the year, it does get lighter, uh, less people around the TV. Um, so I think that needs to be, you know, part of the way we analyse that show and its performance as well. Well, that's a really interesting point about what makes a show worth commissioning for another series. Uh, Obviously, these days, it's not just the overnights. It's how it performs on digital platforms. But when you look at a show like uh, Your Mum, My Dad, it sounds like you're keen for another series. What will be the determining factors of that? I think we'll we'll get to uh, the finale on Monday and then really analyse that performance over the kind of 28-day catch-up period. Um, and then look at us, look at the sentiment as well, look at some of our retention metrics and kind of see if people stuck with it. I think what we have seen is that uh, the people who have watched the show have really enjoyed it and they've kind of come back. So the retention of that audience has been strong and we haven't seen our BVOD numbers drop off over that period either. So, look, I think, um, I think uh, yeah, those things all considered, uh, we'll then make a decision on, on, on what we do with that brand next year and what the, what the, what, you know, what the idea that sits behind the show, because if obviously you've seen the show, um, the ruse, uh, what you go in next year with. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, how, how would you define Nine's 2022 year performance? De- sorry, how would I define 2022? Yeah. Again, I think consistency. I mean, I think being able to iterate brands, kind of continue to surprise our audience uh, and kind of think of different ways to do that as well. I think for us, you know, as a a programming and content team, we never want to stand still. We always want to challenge ourselves, but also challenge our audience. And so um, for us, I think we've done that again and we'll be looking to do that again next year. We have... Quite a few new brands coming into market, uh, whilst also retaining, you know, those core strength entertainment brands um, that have done so well for us this year. Are you surprised at how well the block still goes? Um, no, not really. I mean, if you kind of watch the show, especially this season, you know, we changed the, the format. We mm. kind of sent them into the country. We had amazing cast. A couple walked off uh, on day three. <laughs> that was um, crazy. <laughs> it was it was a, it was a hot start, and um, you know there was there was plenty of drama. And but at the heart of that show is about the great Aussie dream, 
it's like buying your own home. Um, and, uh, you know, and look, it did take it to the next level in terms of aspirational. I kind of looked at the size of those houses and went, okay, that, that's, <laughs> that is the next level. Uh, but it, 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 never, it never stops surprising that show. Um, what are you most proud of this year of what you put to air? Um, oh, I'm most proud of. Um, uh, I think I think the combination of you know shows like Married at First Sight and being able to continually redefine that show and how it has this great ability to capture the nation's imagination, but also really kind of hit the zeitgeist and be part mm. of the conversation. You know, it is absolutely a cultural phenomenon. Um, and you can see that in terms of the numbers and its consumption and the, the voracious way that the audience consumes and wants to comment and talk about that show and everything from its linear to BVOD to social metrics, it kind of hits it out of the park. I mean, I think another one is Love Island. We've had two years where we've kind of been hampered by COVID. We had to do it in Fiji and Byron. You know, we were hit by La Nina. It was it was bucketing down with rain a lot of the days. So to be able to get back to Spain and rejuvenate that brand and kind of have the way it's performed this year, we're up 38% in terms of VOD minutes. Uh, it's a nine now first, so it's really redefining what you can do with uh, Australian formats, um, especially within, you know, the audience that we're trying to target. So I think being able to bring that brand back and really kind of strengthen that brand, obviously, with the team at ITV, Obviously, married at first sight with ESA, um, but I think you know, continuing just evolve the format um, and evolve our strategy with how Australians are changing the way they consume and being the kind of leaders in the space. What's your big message to advertisers? Um, well, uh, look, you know, I think for advertisers, it's it's really changing the way they view the metrics, and I think Voz will really help them in terms of how they buy us next year. Um, I'm intrigued about Voz next that, year, I've got to say. Sorry? I, I'm really intrigued about Voz next year because I do think it's worth noting how people are consuming in an overnight fashion in all measures. Um, yep. But obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, Voz is a national figure, isn't it? Um, taking the five-cap cities and adding your uh, BVOD to that. So it sort of moves the goalposts a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I also think what it does for it, it provides that unduplicated reach. So it also provides those metrics that um, people who are buying us, you know, obviously look for. Uh, I think that I think also what it does is for us, yeah, there is something about, and this is for advertisers and marketers, there is something about being in a premium content environment that is regulated, that is safe that gives them surety that they're aligning their brands with with brands that have kind of, you know, uh, gold certified. Um, and I think, you know, what we see in the social video market and beyond is that that's not the case. And even as a father, I see that. It's kind of, you know, I kind of um, shudder to think sometimes what, what my kids are <laughs> logging on to when they jump on some of these sites. <laughs> Believe me, I know the feeling. Um, and the oldest one's only eight, so, you know, uh, they're not even looking for anything yet it gets worse uh and you Mm, he will discover the norris nuts uh and they are like one of the biggest things on youtube let me tell you those aussie kids i think they're just they're they're minecraft at the moment so pretty safe there you go um (laughs) let's talk about just quickly uh the state of play 
when it comes in terms to competition. Let's talk commercial, you know, like commercially, nine and seven are in the game. They're fighting hard. You're doing some smart stuff. 10 seems to be really struggling. Uh, in fact, I think uh, it's their lowest recorded um, share ever since Oztam came. Is there room for three commercial networks or is it just a case of if they get a couple of hits, they'll be okay? Um, I, th- I think uh, there is absolutely room for three commercial networks. I think, you know, they've had some successes this year, especially with a brand like Hunted. I think it came out mm. and did some really good numbers for them. Um, and, you know, I think they've had a little bit of a rocky end of the year, but you know, the way I view that is it would seem that some of those decisions didn't come out of Australia. No, it doesn't seem that um, So I think, you know, it's dangerous. Um, uh, it's, it's dangerous to make Austra- decisions for Australian audiences that are coming from, a, from, from through the lens of an Australian, uh, Australian eyes is mm. uh, probably how I would put that. Yeah, I think very well said. Someone who's based in Australia. Yeah. You have mentioned Nine Now a lot during this interview. So Mm. how important is Nine Now and the use of Nine Now to your strategy? Uh, It's central. I mean, really, you know, our strategy is preparing ourselves for a streaming first future. We know that there is a significant migration to connected TVs. Now, not everybody watches via the internet on those connected TVs. But that transition and that convergence is inevitable. And so for us, it's ensuring that we create the best transition to follow that convergence path. And what I mean by that is provide the best viewing experience. So a lot of the stuff you would have seen at the upfronts was ensuring that, you know, we're investing in the infrastructure in Nine Now, investing in the product, investing mm-hmm. in full HD streams, which you're seeing on Nine Now, the start over functionality, which we're introducing, which is all about providing utility to our audience. You know, it, it, when someone comes in late, they want to jump back to the start, they can now do that. Now, they're the first um, product updates that we're doing as part of the new Nine Now. We'll start That's a great feature, by the ourselves. way. It is, it is. And, and we'll start seeing, you know, our push more into the live space, really looking at that curation of live channels. Um, and I think for us, really, it's really about the quality over quantity. We want to ensure that, what free TV has always been well known for and synonymous for continues. And that's kind of live big events and those curated environments. You know, we, we often talk about the paradox of choice. Well, we want to help our consumers and our audience be able to uh, navigate through that. And so I think that's that hopefully has encapsulated a little bit of the thinking around why we see that as such an important part of, of our future. Are you having a bit of a chuckle to yourself that the streaming services are now trying to get into the ad game and put commercials in their shows when it, when they launched, it was always about being commercial free. Yeah, look, it again was inevitable because it was a disruption play. Look, I don't know if they knew that, but, you know, disruptors often take a hit and they went direct to consumer as well. So they took their content off the market. What we're seeing is A, content is coming back in the market from people who even have those paywalls. Mm. Um, what we're seeing is that they need to open up new revenue lines and that's why they're going down the ad path. I can say that that is not an easy uh, direction to go in, especially if you've got consumers that are used to sitting behind a paywall, yeah. not being served with ads. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the numbers, and now I'm, I'm, I'm referring to what I'm seeing coming out of the UK, SVOD is very good at delivering, you know, high-volume content with niche verticals. And what I mean by that is that 
what you get in free-to-air is big, unduplicated reach. You create those big moments through sport, through news, through those big entertainment brands that delivers exclusive reach at a moment in time. SVOD doesn't do that. And what we're seeing out of the UK is even their biggest shows aren't getting anywhere near the uh, big free-to-air shows in terms of numbers and engagement. And that's because you've got a whole set of consumers watching across, you know, a thousand different shows. Now, there are bigger shows in that mix, but even if you look at the numbers for The Crown, it doesn't get anywhere near something like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. So I think it's just an interesting point. And I think, for me, that ta- that that monetization is more likely to come from social video than necessarily from that kind of premium video environment. Right. Okay. Um, finally, I need to ask you about the big change of changing presenters. A current affair at the time of recording, Tracy Grimshaw leaves tonight. How hard is it making that choice of who will replace her in such a pivotal role in prime time that's a nightly current affairs show? Well, I don't have to make the decision, thankfully. So that's uh, Darren Week. And, <laughs> but and you Mike know there's been a lot Ealing. of discussions right? about it. You know there's been a lot of discussions about it. Oh, it may have been privy to some, but, uh, you know. <laughs> but, look, I think uh, it's never an easy decision, obviously. I mean, firstly, Tracy has been in that role for 17 years. She is synonymous with the role. She owns that role. She is the voice of the people, and she does just an absolutely phenomenal job in terms of doing that. And tonight we farewell her and celebrate her career. And I think for us it's really about, you know, giving her that moment to shine and celebrating her, her esteemed career in the seat of ACA. And that's the focus at this point in time. Um, but I think in terms of, of, of where we're going next year, you know, that'll all be revealed in time. Um, and, yeah, I think we're looking forward to obviously sending off Tracy Dart and we'll see what comes after that moment. Indeed, and we'll see what comes in 2023. Hamish Turner, uh, thank you for your insights. It's really interesting to just cut through the spin and find out where you're coming from. Thanks for that. No, no, it's you, Rob. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.